At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. Hey, Dream Builder. This episode is powered by Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a website that helps entrepreneurs, startups, and small businesses get creative and quality designs from custom logos to business cards and even web designs. There's a community of over 900,000 designers from all across the world that's ready to bring your idea to life in as little as ours. So head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and see what all the hype is about. So today we got a little bit of an unconventional episode that we have today. Now, it was just the Berkshire Hathaway shareholders 2019 meeting. I was there. I had one of my guys that were in town. A couple of my guys were in town. You all might have saw it on the Instagram. I had Neo Nehemiah Davis here and we went to that meeting, but it was also cool to be able to collaborate and also be able to network, mastermind, and just feed a lot of information into each other about things that we're working on individually and maybe even some things that we can work on down the road. So I was very blessed for that. But I want to talk to you all today about what I've learned at this event. What are my two biggest takeaways? Because when I go to events, and this year I've been going to a lot of them, the reason why I'm loving networking events and loving going to these conferences is because it puts you in a room where the energy is just outrageous and there's so much positivity going on and there's so much forward thinking and innovating you know that's going on between different masterminds so that's what I love about it I know at the Berkshire event there's also EvolveCon which was right after and that was really powerful you had Ty Lopez there you had Charlie there who's big into the internet world he's also a speaker you also had Casey Adams there from Build Your Empire so a lot of big time people were there so I always just love to build the relationships, but at the same time, be able to see what are other people doing in their business that's working, what it's not working. Because most of the time when you're trying to do something, it's always a framework that you need to have. And most of the time that's going to be 80% of how you'll be successful. The other 20% is probably your creativity. But if you follow the framework, very, very few businesses are innovative, right? Very, very few businesses are doing something that's revolutionary. They just figured out what already works in the process, what doesn't work in the process. I'm going to take the process as a whole. I'm going to take the blueprint as a whole, and then I'll tweak it for that other 20% and then put my spin on it. So that's what I loved. But I want to talk to you all again about what that I learned from this conference. So number 
number one thing that I learned from this conference of what Warren said was money does not equate to happiness. And this was something that was really something I've been looking for. I've been stretching. We all think like, once we get more money, that it's going to be able to help our lifestyle out, right? And that's something coming from where I came from, and a lot of you all know my story, coming from where I came from growing up, that is what I wanted. I just wanted money. When I, when I first decided that I was going to be a big time anything, I said, you know what? I want to make six figures. Why did I want to make six figures? I didn't really know, but that was that like magic number, right? It wasn't until a couple years later on to where I started reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki and Cashflow Quadrant and Richest Man in Babylon. And I really started to understand that time was our most valuable asset, you know, right there in cousins with it or, or a sibling synonymous with it in my mind is energy. Your time and energy is your most valuable asset. It's not the money that you get. And so Warren, he talked about that and he said, you know, I would argue to say that I know, you know, most of the richest people in the world, which obviously that was a joke because he's number four and I think valued at $90 billion and that's billion with the B. Right. So Warren Buffett, he says, you know, I, I know so many rich people, but I would tell you that those guys, they're nothing. They're no more different just because they have this amount of money, because basically what it comes down to is whatever your morals, whatever your values are, it emphasizes with money. So that means if you already were thinking negative thoughts and if you're already, hey, you know, nobody ever gave me anything. So when I get it, when I get the money, I'm never going to give anybody anything. That story you've been telling in your head for many a year, so now it becomes a belief. And once it becomes a belief, it's hard to change that belief unless you trump it with a higher story, right? So what's going to happen is once you're going to get all this money, you're never going to give anybody anything because it's already your belief and those are the actions that you've been taking. But catch this. This is what he said. He said, you know, I can't buy time. I can't even buy love, but I can buy anything else with money, right? And why do I get up every single day and why do I get out of bed and I'm so excited at 88 years old? It's because I love what I do and I love the people who I'm doing it with. And for me, I was like, wow, like that's everything because you know, they say it's lonely at the top, right? But here's a man here that he's showing you know, I think he said he has like 25 people at Berkshire Hathaway. That's essentially a part of his upper management, right? And they go to baseball games together. They try and make their life fun together. They go to all types of events together. I'm sure they have events at his house together. You know, the top end people probably travel with him. So once you get to the top, you can't be lonely. And the only way that it won't be lonely is if you remember that you got to pull those people with you. Right. As you're going up, you got to help other people to level up. I think that's something that we all need to do because it's about a culture. And we talk about culture a lot of the times in the corporate world. But what's that culture like in your personal world? Right. Do your friends, do your family, do they all support you? If they support you, then that's great. But a lot of us, we have those people that we feel like don't support us. It feels like when we're working our butts off every day, whether we're in a nine to five, and we're working 13 to 16 hours every single day at a job, we want to come, we want to celebrate the things that we already doing, whether we get a promotion, whether we just bought another company, whether we're starting a network marketing business, we want to go to those people and we want to say, here's what I'm doing. And we want them to say, I love you for doing that, right? I'm so proud of you for doing that. I'm so proud of you for standing up for what you believed in. And understanding that this dream ain't just going to be handed for, to you. So you got to go out there and you got to take what you want. 
And so I absolutely love the fact that he talks about the culture and he talks about loving what you're doing, right? And that time is your most valuable asset. So don't worry about the money because once you get the money, you're going to be unhappy with a whole bunch of money, but you have no culture and nobody that you can spend it with. Because now you got the money, but since you've already had these beliefs and you had these stories and you had these actions that you've been taking, now that you got this money, you're going to try to hoard it. You're going to try to protect it. You're going to try to preserve it in a negative sense. So what do I mean by that? I mean that you're never going to want to give it to anybody else. Anytime somebody's over your house, right? You're talking down to them. In a sense, you are putting that money throwing it in their face rather than living from the other side, which is in the abundant mindset. I'll tell you all a story. When I first moved here to Omaha, I grew up in that same mentality, right? And what the mentality is that I'm talking about is nobody ever really gave me anything. My mom, my grandma, my uncle, my immediate family, and I would say most of my family, to be honest with you, I always had love And I always had people who, for the most part, looked out for me, right? But the one thing I didn't have was financial resources. I never really, like, even growing up through high school, through college, it was always a, I'm going to get mine, you get yours, and then we'll meet in the middle. Well, the problem with that was I didn't know how to take, when I first moved here to Omaha, I had one of my guys who was in real estate too. And when I went to his house the first time, I got me, I got Julie, CJ, and he opens up his fridge. He's like, what you want? I'm like, nah, I brought something. Or no, I think how it actually went down was, he was like, yo, come over. We're having a barbecue. We're going to have a whole bunch of people over. I'm like, okay, what can I bring? And he's like, nah, don't bring nothing. I got everything. I'm like, man, I got to bring something. He's like, nah, don't bring nothing. And then so I brought something and, and it was okay, right? I mean, he didn't really care, but he was like, yo, just throw that in the fridge over there. I got everything over here for you. So my whole moral to this point of this, because I was always side eye. And this took a couple different times. And I'm sure some of you all might be able to relate to it the first time you've been exposed to this. But it took me a couple different times to be like, yo, what's his angle? What does he want from me? Right. And it was because I just was never used to that. I was never used to the abundant mindset to just be like, you know what? It doesn't matter what somebody else is giving me. I'm going to give what I can and I'm not going to look for anything in return. It was true abundance. And so I'm like, man, like, okay. So then once I got my first house, I mean, that's what happened. We started, Julie and I, we started throwing events and we started throwing barbecues. And what happened? We would buy like all the meat. We buy all the food. We buy drinks. We buy everything, right? And we just allow people to come over and have a good time. So it's like a way to be able to get away from your problems. Now, obviously, if we didn't have it, we wasn't going to buy it. It wasn't to keep up with the Joneses, but it was just to say, you know what? My house is your home, right? Mi casa es su casa, as they would say, I think in Spanish, right? Like, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to show the abundance lifestyle. We wanted people to come over and just know that if you're in our house, if you're in our presence, we take care of you just like we would take care of our own mothers, our own brothers and sisters, our own children. And so that right there, you got to, again, understand that the happiness will come no matter where you are because we all have different dreams. We all have different goals. And so that money's not going to equivalent to what we want in life, right? The money can buy us a lot of things. Like I think one of the best quotes that I heard is, and I think this is by one of my guys, Cole Hatter, but he talks about, you know what? I understand money um, won't buy you happiness, but at the same time, poverty can't buy you anything. And I'm a firm believer in that as well. But you just got to understand, what are you chasing? Hey, Dream Builder, if you're anything like me, you have no idea how to come up with a quality logo or even a creative design. You know that quality is important, but it's not always the easiest to nail down, right? 
That's where design crowd comes in. Whether it's a logo, a website, book cover, or even a social media ad, they have a community of over 900,000 professional designers around the world ready to help solve your creative problem. Head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation to learn more. And just for being a part of the dream nation tribe, you're going to receive a special VIP offer when you sign up of up to $150 credit. Now, instead of waiting weeks for an agency to pitch you an idea, you'll be able to get a design of exactly what you need within just three days. So again, head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and check it out. I remember I was watching a video. This was probably about six months to nine months ago. And I, this always sticks into my mind. And it was J. Cole, the rapper, the artist. And, and he was talking about, you know, if you're always chasing something that's materialistic or if you're always chasing something that's too tangible, right, then you'll never have enough. If you're chasing money, you'll never have enough. If you're chasing women, you'll never have enough women, right? But if you chase the love and if you chase, you know, the value that you can bring, you can have enough. And so for me, that was very, very powerful, right? That was something that I absolutely loved. And so I, I these are just things that I try to keep into my mind all the time. So I want you guys to make sure that you're thinking about that as well. When you are out here and you're wondering, how can I be happier every single day? Figure out who are the people in your circle that are already showing you love and how can you show them love back in an abundant way and it necessarily does not have to be monetary, right? What can you do? Can you give another uh, back massage to your wife or to your husband, right? Can you do something for your kids? Just take them out of school for a half a day, take them to the zoo, take them to the park, get them some ice cream. Just do something to make somebody else feel special and the money won't even come into the factor because there's a lot of things that we can do that does not revolve a lot of money. Now, yes, everything costs money, but again, we can find ways to be cost effective and still provide that value. So that was the first thing that I took away from this conference. That was number one. Money does not equivalent to happiness the second thing was there was a young boy that was 12 or 13 years old he got up there his dad was right alongside of him the camera uh shines on him the light shines on him and he says warren you know i feel like i've been seeing you on my tv every single day for about the last eight to ten years he says you know my dad always has videos of these meetings playing and i'm always watching it and, and you talk a lot you know, about delayed gratification when it comes to investing. But he says, you know, the one thing that I have, the one question that I have for you is how can a child learn delayed gratification, which was so powerful because children, it reminds me, if you've never heard, it reminds me of the marshmallow story. Now, the marshmallow story talks about basically there's some children that are all put into a room. And this happened, I want to say like 40 years ago, actually longer than that. I want to say this was like 60, 70 years ago, because this was in the 1960s. And it was like a Stanford study of like psychological behaviors by children. So basically they put about four to five a year. There's four to five year olds that they put and there's maybe about 10 or 15 of them in a room. And so what they did was they brought them all into a private room, sat them down in the chair and they placed uh, a marshmallow on the table in front of them. And what they did was basically the researcher went in and he offered him a deal. And so he said, yeah, I'm going to put this here. He said, but I'll be back in like 30 minutes if you do not 
eat the marshmallow. When I come back, I'll bring you another one. So then you'll have two marshmallows. So we put them all in this room and each of them had their own marshmallow. Well, I think it was about a 50-50. Don't quote me on the numbers, but I'm pretty sure it was about a 50-50. 50% of the kids ate the marshmallow right away, you know, and the other 50%, you know, waited. Well, what it came down to of figuring out why some ate it, why some did not eat it was because I think it was like 30 minutes is how long it was. But anyway, why some ate it versus why some kids did not eat it was because of their past experiences. And this was super powerful for me because half of the group, when we talk about past experiences, half of the group was already exposed to a series of like unreliable experiences. And I think they gave the example, like some children were given a small box of crayons and promised to be brought a bigger one, but then they didn't, you know, bring them. And then they also gave them like stickers and, and posters and promised to bring them, you know, more stickers and, and better posters, but then they never did. And then the second group of the kids, they were promised crayons and then they got them. And they were also promised stickers and, and posters and then they got them. So when we talk about our, our past experiences, you talk about being let down and all of a sudden those sources that you have become unreliable and untrustworthy. And so if you, I would encourage you, this can be looked at in a lot of different ways, but I would encourage you if you are a parent, make sure that you understand how powerful this is because you got to make sure that you deliver to your children, whatever you say. And this can be in the form of rewards and this can be in the form of consequences, right? Where they say like empty threats. If you're like, oh, you got to go up to your room and then you don't make them go up to their room when they did whatever you told them not to do again, that's an empty threat. So now they understand that that is not as powerful. Children are so smart. And even if it's you and you don't have any children, you have to become very self-aware to understand why you take the actions that you do. Are you going to eat the marshmallow or are you going to wait for the end? And so when you talk about investing, whether it be through real estate, which you all know that I absolutely love or starting a business or whatever else, what are your past experiences, your past experiences? Because that's really going to trump your belief because of the stories that you'll tell yourself. And then that will ultimately decide what actions that you take so you got to be very self-aware of it right and you got to make sure that you can get some small wins if you're trying to train yourself on how can I get a little bit more delayed gratification now what I mean by that is what are some little things like if I save if I go to the gym five out of the seven days this week, I'm going to allow myself to have a cheat day when it comes to eating or extra cheat day when it comes to eating. That's something that you got to get some small wins, right? For every $100 that I save, I'm going to allow myself to go out and spend $20 of it. So trick it. If you need to save $100, say for every 120 that I save, I'm going to allow myself to spend $20. So then you still have the 100 Does that make sense? Hopefully it does because you got to give yourself some small wins to show yourself that it's possible. When you show yourself that it's possible, if we're talking about saving money or investing into money, you got to make sure that you give yourself these small wins and then you can build off of those so you can understand, okay, I did it at this level. I just need to turn it up one more level. You know, they say, you know, if you made 10,000, you can easily make 20,000. If you made 1 million, you can easily make 2 million. If you made $1, you know, you can make $2. You just got to replicate that. 
in the end, it becomes about how can we do it at a scalable form? And we'll talk about that in another episode. But just understand how powerful that part is right there. What are the stories that you're telling yourself because of the past experiences? And how can you take different actions to make sure that you can start building momentum so you can get to what you want in the end? But when we talk about this delayed gratification, there was something else that he said that was so powerful. And what Warren had said was, happiness at the end of the day is where you are in life in the immediate form you know and charlie munger i think he wound up butting in and he said you know delayed gratification there's a lady out there right now that's probably 94 years old you know she's still in scraps and boots and so she's been super delaying her gratification and she owns four thousand shares of ace berkshire a stock which is i don't call but like two hundred thousand per share i want to say something like that is a ridiculous amount anyway you would ask yourself, has she lived the life that she wanted to live? Because yes, she can pass those stocks down or she probably has them in her trust or she can leverage them. But did she do everything that she wanted to do on this earth? And does she not live with any regrets if she was only living for delayed gratification? I'm sure she probably has some regrets. So understand, and this is what Warren had talked about. You understand that you need to have happiness today. Right. Because there's not going to be that much inflation that's going to happen over the next five to 10 years. And you don't know how when you'll you know, your time is done. You don't know when your maker will come calling for you. So while you do want to have discipline and you do want to have delayed gratification, at least in the, you know, short to intermediate form, middle form, you don't want to have it in a long term form too much to where it causes you misery and anguish. And it means that you can't live your life each day to the fullest right now and so that's very controversial and it goes against what a lot of people would say especially when you think of people like Dave Ramsey and no disrespect to him but we know that there is a famous quote that he has which says live like no one else today so you can live like no one else tomorrow right and and maybe that's in a longer form than that but you just again my biggest thing is to understand that you got to live a life by your design today and I'm not telling you to go out there and buy materialistic you know, assets or buy shoes that are going to cost you 800 to to $1,000 when they're not going to put anything back into your pocket, I would encourage you to buy an investment, something that's going to make you money and can ultimately pay for those shoes or anything else that you want to buy. That's more of a vice and that's more of a pleasure rather than a need, right? So that's my tip for you all in this episode is to, again, make sure that even if you're going after something that's going to give you instant gratification, can you delay it just a little? And anybody who knows me, I keep it 100. I'm not very patient at all. But again, I have learned that if I can get some more assets that will pay for whatever it is that I'm trying to get, it's not going to be so bad. And then I also know that those assets are going to appreciate even more. So I'll make that money back right on top of if I bought the right asset, I'm probably making money on that money. All right. And then so I'm making money on top of my own money, which is paying for anything that's a pleasure. So just keep that in mind, guys. Again, in the end of the day, it's about living a life by your design and understanding that happiness will not equivalent to money. So I appreciate you all rocking with me. If you haven't already, do me a favor, go ahead and especially if you have iTunes, go on there, leave me a review. This is how Apple will be able to show it to more people. If you feel like you've gotten any value out of this, 
reach out to me on Instagram, reach out to me through email, however I can help you. If there's anything that you would want to know, anything you want me to cover, or even a guest that you would want me to have on the show, let me know. My goal is to be able to hit you all with as much information as possible and add as much value into your life so you can be able to live a life by your design. If I'm doing that, I feel like at the end of the day, whenever my time is done here, I will have fulfilled everything I was put on this earth to do. So I appreciate you rocking. Remember, as always, in the dream we trust, but we must take action. If we don't take any action, it will only merely be a fantasy. It's Casanova signing out. We'll talk soon. That's the episode for today. Let me know if you got any value out of this, if you liked anything about it. Reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter, any of the social media networks. And, of course, leave me a review. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you're hearing this at. I would love to have a review to show, you know, what you're getting out of this. Is there anything that I could do better? Is there any way that I can add more value to you? So, hopefully, you all take some action today. That's my show. I love you all. Be great. But remember, we must take action. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.